Saturday Live Lounge, supported by Villa Gaiety. Keep up to date with the island's premier entertainment venue by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am delighted now to be able to welcome my studio guest. I've got Eli Scotham with us. Uh, hello, Eli. How are you? Oh, hello. I'm good, thank you. Uh, the last time we chatted was actually out of the studio. This yes. is your first time up at Manx Radio, I think, isn't it? Well, by myself, yes. Yeah. So previously, of course, you were the internal affair with a whole bunch of people. Hmm. Um, so are you feeling a bit lonely? I am a bit. <laughs> I was never the funny one, I don't think. <laughs> well, that was funny in itself. So well done. You're doing well so far. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So now, um, so internal affair aren't anymore. Is that right? That is correct. But the other boys are playing without me um, under the name Crawlboard. They're good though. Board. They're very good. <laughs> That's nice. And and so you're doing a solo thing. I can I ask, is it all amicable? I take it. You still mates? Yes. That's definitely. good to know. That is good to know. Uh, and so you've got your solo project underway, but actually it's been underway for a little bit of time now, hasn't it? Because you, you, you're now on your second album. Yes. <laughs> I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Oh my word. So what made you want to do this then? Well, I don't know. I've been tinkering with home studios and, um, you know, music software. And then one day I made something that was so good that I went, I should sing on this and release it. And that was means of production. I'm very proud of that song. That's fantastic. Well, listen, well done for all of that, because it's quite the, the thing to learn and uh, to achieve all of that, all of the different kind of talents and skills you need. Because, I mean, let's face it, you are still young, certainly in comparison to me, and in comparison to most people as well, you are still very young. So to be able to achieve and do this at that age is, is quite the kind of skill. So is that what you want to do then? Are you going to carry on doing music full time in, in that sort of vein? Yes, definitely. I want to go and study uh, audio production properly and then do it professionally when I'm older. Excellent. So I may be doing your job. <laughs> no, you're not allowed. <laughs> people, people come in here and they try and steal my job from me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so the production style of it then, certainly from the second album, you've got a lot of different things on the go in this album, I think. So, And at one minute I heard sounds that sounded like an old Casio keyboard <laughs> and then you've got like vinyl scratches on it. So there's lots of sort of retro sounds and nostalgia on there, isn't there? Hmm. Yeah, well, I'm um, big advocate for listening to albums on vinyl in in their in their entirety and uh, I'm lucky enough to have a very good record player myself so I thought while I was producing this album I might uh, try and force people to listen to it as an album I am um, sequencing it as if it was on vinyl with two sides and leaving a break between the the two sides so you had to sit and just wait as if you were turning the album over and there's um needle the sounds of needles coming up and going down between um the sides and it's just me being silly I think <laughs> yeah, but that's a lovely lovely little thing which I think is actually going to be on this track that we're going to hear first uh, so we're going to hear now what was the, what is the first single really from the album so this new album is uh, called The Solution for Life Yes, mm. I did have to look at my notes. Fingers, yeah, full disclosure, I had to look at my notes. So it's a, a solution for life. Um, the first one was a self-titled album, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay. So it, it, you say you're a fan of kind of like albums from start to finish, listening to them. Are you a fan of like a journey through an album, like Definitely. a theme to the album? Yes. Yeah, so what would you say is, is the journey on this album? Well, I suppose I, I'd like, I liked to... I was trying to get a bit more down to earth with this one. I think my first album was a bit fantasy love songs and this one's a bit more like I'm having a difficult time, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's a bit more like, oh, I'm walking around and I'm sad and it's raining. <laughs> I like it, though. 
Uh, Much more Smiths. I think the cover makes yeah. that obvious. I was going to say that there is a lot of Smiths going on here. In some of the tracks, actually, I heard a little bit of maybe like Badly Drawn Boy kind of vibe as well on some of it. But listen, we'll let everyone else decide, right? So this is the first single. This is called Take It Before It's Gone. And speaking of that vinyl crackle... Beautiful stuff. This is Eli Scudden. as the riff leaves the room <laughs> it's a lovely riff as well Eli Scotton that is and take it before it's gone um, and that Eli is something we're playing from your new album um, it's kind of the first single from the new album really loving the vinyl scratches on there loving the fact as we were talking about before the fact that it kind of creates an album experience which is something you're really passionate about but you were talking to me in the off air there about the riff itself and it's got you to talking about your songwriting process which intrigued me a little bit because that song came to you a bit differently than, than usual didn't it? Well yes it did actually 
most of the time I like to, um, if I'm deliberately sitting down to write a song, I'll put a capo somewhere and play a fun chord and see what follows it. And I'll come up with a few sections. And while I'm putting the song together, I'll try and come up with three different riffs or sections. And then you never really get tired of, of any one part. But for that song, I just accidentally played those those chords. And I thought, no, I I can't come up with anything else for that. That's all it needs. And we were saying before, because in my past, I used to write songs. And there is something isn't there, sometimes where some songs will just literally land on your plate, don't they? And you don't know where they've come from, whether it's the melody, whether it's the lyric or anything. You just think, oh, I've, I've, I've got a song. I don't know where it's from, but I've got a song. I mean, do you, have you experienced that as well? Oh, definitely, yes. I don't know how I came up with half of the good songs I've written. <laughs> but there is, I have to say, that is one of those where you absolutely hear a bit of a Morrissey vibe on there. I mean, you're a huge Smiths fan, aren't you? Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to come to your first shortly because that is one way that we're going to find out a little bit about you with regards to favourite tunes and bands and people that you discovered when you, you know, sort of first heard music and that sort of thing. Uh, but coming back to the album itself then... Um, I've just chose a few tracks to play to give a, an idea of people what the album sounds like. I missed your favourite one. I'm sorry. I apologise. I picked the wrong ones. Uh, what is your favourite track from the album and why? It's called... Um, <clears throat> it's Better If You Don't Ask. Sorry, I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> the songs to me are just the way they sound. The titles aren't very good. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think... Of all of the songs on the album, it just sounds the most mature. I think that's probably because it's one of the most, one of the more recent ones that I, I wrote. It took um, about nine months to make in all in all the album, and that was one of the more recent ones. And I just think there's something about the sections that I put together that's very nice, and it's it's got a certain atmosphere to it that I really like. And the um, I really like the sort of break section with the slide guitar and then the synthesizer. I think that sounds good. You do have a lot of different instruments on, on this album. And did you play all of them? Yes. Oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. He was just telling me off air as well. You even play fretless bass, which I think is an extremely difficult thing to play. But what was the first thing you ever learned to play then? And what age were you? I was, I was in year six, I don't know, 11 maybe. And I asked my dad to teach me guitar. And he showed me a couple of chords and then he went, you know, I think you're more of a drummer. I'm going to get you some drums and I want you to learn the drums. And I did. And that was the first instrument I played in a band. And you've been in a number of different bands now, haven't you? Yeah, I have. So do, wait, tell us a little bit. Give us a rundown of the bands you've been in so far. So I think I must have been 13. I joined Soundcheck playing drums um, in a band called Stella Rattle. In the end, we just sort of came to creative differences, really, because they liked punk, kind of. Um, I've got to say, I loved. Punk. I did love Stella Rattle. <laughs> I didn't know you'd seen them. Yeah, yeah, at one of the Peel Centenary Centre concerts. Yeah, I loved it. It was ace. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was good fun. Yeah, but I needed something that was more the style of music I like. Yeah. So I joined um, Glitch Two Five Six when the boys from that band put up an advert in Bala, the school I go to. Um, posters saying we need a bass player and I was like I don't play bass but I really want to be in a band <laughs> playing 80s music so I'll just why don't I learn the bass and, and do this <laughs> unbelievable and then of course Internal Affair was after that then, wasn't yes it, and I really? played bass so, again because yeah. we needed a bass player and now you're doing your own album so you've got to learn all of it and you've done it so well done I'm really intrigued to see where this is going to take you Eli seriously I mean yeah, me too <laughs> yeah I mean are you going to be able to play any of this live then because of course if you do all the instruments on the albums how is this going to translate in a live uh, kind of experience 
Oh, no, I'm not going to play any of my music live. I join bands to write music with other people and, and play that music rather than my own stuff, you know. Yeah, so just people can just access this online or on... Are you ever going to put out a vinyl? I mean, that would be amazing. Well, I, I did actually order a custom pressing of my first album just for myself because they're very expensive, but I do have a vinyl copy of it on my wall at home. Oh, that is such a lovely thing to do. Oh, how wonderful. And did you do the artwork and everything for it? Yes, I love that picture so much. It's very good. Well, listen, so we're going to hear another track now. So we're going to hear Slow Down now. Tell us a little bit about it. Oh, well, it must have been one of the very first songs I came up with for the album, which is why it's probably a bit simple in comparison to the the better songs. Um, back when the track listing looked a lot different and I had a couple of songs that were just some lyrics that I was going to develop later on that and, and that list has completely changed but Slow Down is one of the only songs that's left over from that because it's the only one I finished before you know moving on oh well it's a, again an excellent tune so here we go this is Eli Scothen and this is Slow Down and it is from his second album A Solution for Life
Sorry, I was talking off air. <laughs> I forgot I was finishing. That was Eli Scothen and that was Don't Talk. Uh, no, it wasn't. Sorry, that was a slow down. We're about to hear something else called Don't Talk to Me About Life. Uh, however, um, Eli's with us and it's been lovely chatting with him. But we need to do something, Eli. We need to do your firsts. So this is a new thing on the Live Lounge, which you may not have heard yet. Uh, but we're basically trying to find out a bit about people from their firsts. So the first thing I need to ask you. You know, Scott, then I feel like I need like a spotlight landing <laughs> on you now. Uh, what is the first album you ever bought and what format was it in? Do you remember? I do. Um, when I first got into music, I had been bought a lot of CDs. But the first album I ever chose to buy for myself was A Night at the Opera by Queen on <gasps> vinyl. Well done. I mean, if you're going to get a good first album, that is an amazing first album to buy. Uh, and nowhere near as embarrassing as some people's. <laughs> so uh, that's a really good start, actually. Do you still listen to it now? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was a really, really big Queen fan back then. And I just happened to be in a HMV in Blackpool and I went, actually, my dad's got a record player. Well, I'm going to get that, I think. Yes. So this is the thing. I miss proper big music stores, you know. I really do. It, I find it quite sad that we don't have one over here because it's just flicking through albums. There's something about it, isn't it? It's like being in a bookstore, like being in a library. Yeah, I really absolutely. miss all that. Uh, so that's a good shout. Okay. What about uh, the first live performance you remember seeing? The first proper performance I think I ever went to was Gary Newman, and I think it was like 2019 in or 2018 maybe in the the Villa Marina. Also an excellent gig to go to. I can't believe it was 2018 and 2019 the first gig you went to. That's terrifying. <laughs> but also amazing, and sort of links in with that sort of like 80s kind of vibe thing that you've got oh, on the yeah. go, really. It's just so my absolute favourite sound. I love it. Yeah. Do you think that's what you'll always do? Or you? I mean, you said already that you hear in your later songs a development. Do you hear your music developing as? as as you continue writing definitely yes the I, I don't know i haven't mentioned this yet but i'm already working on a follow-up a, a third album he's so prolific <laughs> i've got nothing else to do I'm, I, i'd be bored if i wasn't making music and it sounds it's it's, it's a sort of a mash between the, like kid a era electronic radiohead which i love that's my favorite radiohead album and this really indie musician called jack Storber, who i love who is really weird and he makes he takes full advantage of the fact that he makes his own music in his bedroom and it's goofy and very charming oh see that's a good shout so would he then be if i was to say to you who's the first artist that comes to mind that you'd recommend would that be him then definitely yes yeah, so that's who you're listening to who would be your all-time favorite artist then the Beatles. <laughs> Shout. Yes. Love that. Um, what was the other one I was going to ask you? Oh, yeah. What Do you remember the first gig that you ever played? Um, I remember the first performance I ever gave. I think it was year five primary school um, talent competition and I came first place. I sang Eleanor Rigby, actually, funnily enough. Well done. Well, do you know what? I think we should try and put that on for you in a little bit. So let's, while, while I'm just, I'm just going to, let's put some Eleanor Rigby on because it's, just one of the greatest songs of all time really isn't it uh, but before we do that we are going to hear another tune uh, of yours so we're going to hear another song this one is uh, Don't Talk To Me About Life and uh, before we hear it tell me a bit about it because this this is one of two tracks on this new album that has a very distinctive style to it tell us a little, about it, a little bit about it before we hear it well it's a bit of a task to create a whole especially since I'm quite a perfectionist it was a task to create a whole full-length like 40-minute album and write lyrics for every song so for a few of them i decided take inspiration from the beatles make a little um side two medley which i'd been experimenting with a little bit and for a couple of the songs i said no we should just leave them as instrumentals and then somewhere in my brain i thought 
maybe maybe I could sample something, put some speech on there. Then I found out that um, old declassified military, black and white military recordings are not protected by copyright. So I thought, what's the f- what's the coolest old like Cold War like um, PSA that I can find? And it was about propaganda, and I love it. It's my one of my favorite videos ever. I used it um, some of the film in a music video, and uh, I used the audio twice on the album. And it works so well, it really does. And it's a lovely way to wrap up this album as well. It just finishes it off with a bit of a message and also it kind of just brings everything right down, doesn't it? And as, as you've talked about, it kind of creates a journey for the album. So we're going to leave with this. So uh, so it's been lovely chatting with you, Eli. Thanks for popping in. So Eli Scothen, you can find him online. Uh, Spotify's the main place. The album, the new album, is A Solution for Life. And we're going to look out for new stuff from you soon by the sound of things as well oh definitely yes (laughs) listen keep us posted Uh, lovely to chat with you in the meantime this is Don't Talk To Me About Life and on the back of this we'll have some Beatles thanks Eli thank you First of all, listen to this at the end. You can just hear in the background a music box. Eli's still here. I'm just going to talk to you a bit about that, Eli, because that was Don't Talk To Me About Life from your uh, your, your second album. And you, just off air, you were telling me some fascinating things about that track. Because first of all, if you listen on headphones, it does flick from side to side. It kind of moves between the speakers, between the channels. And you did that intentionally, didn't you? Yeah, I, um, I found that the voice was not of very good quality and it was difficult to mix it and have it settled in, in one kind of uh, space in the in the stereo spectrum. So I thought, let's just have it move about a little bit. And I did that on both of the songs that have it on. And, and um, I mean, the quality of his voice as well just works so well, doesn't it? It does. I do, it does. I just, I just love those clips. He sounds great. Um, and, and tell us a little bit as well about how you kind of wove the the sort of intricacy of the, the music is sort of woven into the almost the atmosphere of what he's saying and the emotion mm. of what he's saying. It started off as a bit of a coincidence, really, and then I realised that actually it worked really well. The, the sort of first part of the song 
I'd almost, you'd call it maybe a verse chorus because there's one progression that is a, a, a C shape and then I move it up two frets and it's got lots of um, clashing notes. It's really nice. But that is sort of going up and it feels very uplifting. And in those sections, I have him, the, the, the clips where he's saying, you know, America is, is freedom. And then the chorus bit, I'd call it, the, the B section is the really nice bit where with the descending bass line I, that's me moving the bass um, note down just on the acoustic guitar with my fingers I'm really proud of that um, and in that bit he is talking about it sort of the conversation flows into the more negative aspects of what he's saying that was a coincidence <laughs> and then you've got a very interesting sound at the end yeah I have a little sort of collage as the music fades out and the the guitars have more reverb on them and they they feel like they're getting further away. I have very delicately a music box I have of the Beatles yesterday that sounds absolutely nothing like the song. It's it's honestly not very good, but I recorded that a couple of times, hard panned left and right, so that two different versions of it coming out of both uh, headphone sides and. My metronome, I have a, I have a genuine like, antique metronome that I set to make a couple of rhythms that are also very, very, very subtly in there. It is fascinating stuff, it really is. The attention to detail is, is immense. Uh, well done, honestly, for this album because it, it's really good stuff. It's well worth checking out. So A Solution for Life, uh, Eli Scodden is who you need to be looking up. And as promised, Eli, we are going to leave you with The Beatles. Saturday Live Lounge, supported by Villa Gaiety. Keep up to date with the island's premier entertainment venue by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.